The final Friday of March has arrived, and it's also the 12th such day of the year. One question is how many more are left in 2022? Is it worth the research it would take to bring you that piece of information? Or would it be better to proceed with this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement? One fact I can say with some confidence is that I'm Sean Tubbs, your stenographic host. On today's program, just two segments, and they're both long. Council holds first reading on a rezoning for 170 units in Fry's Spring, but approval will hinge on finding funding for sidewalk improvements. And Charlottesville City Council weighs in further on tax rates and the budget halfway through the process. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, algorithms know how to put songs and artists together based on genre or beats per minute, but only people can make connections that engage your mind and warm your heart. The music on WTJU 91.1 FM is chosen by dozens and dozens of volunteer hosts, music lovers like you who live right here in the Charlottesville area. Listener donations keep WTJU alive and thriving. In this era of algorithm-driven everything, go against the grain. Support Freeform Community Radio on WTJU and get ready for the station's 85th anniversary on April 1st. Consider a donation at wtju.net slash donate. As I said, two segments today, both are about city council this week. It's been quite a busy one. As Charlottesville contemplates a more dense future with more people, how can today's elected officials ensure the infrastructure is in place before new homes are built? The fate of Southern Development's request to rezone undeveloped land in the Fry's Spring neighborhood depends on if Charlottesville City Council is satisfied that sidewalks will be built on Stribling Avenue. Here's city planner Matt Alfley. At 12 acres, this is one of the largest undeveloped properties within the city. Southern Development's plan is to build 170 residential units in a mix of single-family attached, townhomes, and multifamily buildings at a density of 15 dwelling units per acre. The Planning Commission has voted unanimously to recommend a rezoning and a critical slopes waiver, but only if funds were placed in the Capital Improvement Program for a sidewalk on Stribling Avenue. Southern Development had agreed to loan the city $2.9 million to cover the cost. This would be paid back in the form of property tax rebates until the amount is paid off. At Council's first reading of the matter on Monday, Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers said he did not recommend proceeding with the sidewalk for many reasons. For one, the city would need to issue additional bonds, and it's already at capacity. For another... Rogers said if the city is going to enter into public-private partnerships for the purpose of funding infrastructure, there need to be rules first. The city does not have in place the policy infrastructure for these kinds of arrangements so that it's clear to everyone up front, and that's something that we will work on. But at this time... There are too many unknown variables. However, staff does recommend the rezoning. After a lot of considerations, uh, we do think that uh, 170 
uh, new housing units in that location would be a benefit to the city. And the fact that 26 affordable housing units would be added would certainly uh, be beneficial to our overall affordable housing program as well. Rogers said the city would have to find a way to pay for the sidewalk if the development was to move forward. So we would have to go back to the CIP, um, include this project, find the money for it, and make it, make it happen. Jason Halbert is co-president of the Fry Spring Neighborhood Association. They've been working on this issue since it came up about a year ago. We never, as a board, never said no, NIMBY, we didn't take that position. We took a position of trying to advance what we've always been trying to advance, which is improved safety of Stribling Avenue and the intersection of Stribling and JPA. Halbert said the development should not occur without the infrastructure. He thanked Rogers for his announcement earlier in the meeting that the process for the capital improvement program will be overhauled. If we want to work with developers to get more density in the city and, and, and you know, really do this new zoning ordinance in a proper way, the city's uh, CIP and the infrastructure has to keep pace. If it can't keep pace, you're going to create serious problems on city streets, city intersections, and you're going to have you know, more and more consternation from neighborhoods. City resident Ben Heller asked for the city to ask for $2.9 million in cash from Southern Development rather than the loan. He pointed out the company paid $2 million for the land. With 170 houses there, that's only $12,000 per development entitlement. In general, you're talking about $120,000 per development entitlement uh, in that neighborhood. You could ask the developer for $3 million, and they would still be getting a bargain in terms of the price per development entitlement. He pointed out the company paid $2 million for the undeveloped land in June of 2021. Vice Mayor Wade worked for many years as a transportation planner for Albemarle County and is familiar with the road because the area is within the jurisdiction of a joint planning study known as Southern Area B. We had some projects on the county end of this, and it was a real gnarly, gnarly road there, and I think it prevented some of the county projects from from getting done in that area. Wade said the city has to find a way to build the sidewalk. Councilor Brian Pinkston said he could not vote for the rezoning until there was a plan in place to guarantee the sidewalks would be built. And I see why the notion of trying to fund this with a loan was a, was a great idea, kind of a Hail Mary sort of thing. But I can see why it's very difficult and problematic on the policy side, on the, uh, on the debt management side, on not having the policies and procedures in place to, to govern that. Another issue is lack of funding to upgrade the intersection of Stribling and Jefferson Park Avenue extended to handle left-hand turns. That concerned Mayor Lloyd Snook as much, if not more, than the sidewalk. That kind of improvement is never going to be made unless we've got a project like this. Now, to me, the question, therefore, is how do we end up with uh, not getting, not having to end up holding the bag. Snook said he was skeptical the city would be able to find the money in the capital improvement program. He said it would be his first preference for Rogers to continue to work on the loan to resolve outstanding questions. Charlie Armstrong of Southern Development said his company has looked at many options for the land over the past few years, 
including developing the property by right. And that that is 46 uh, or so large single-family lots. You know, some of them approaching an acre in size. They would be beautiful but affordable for very few. A rezoning to R2 would yield 64 units. Armstrong said the agreement was not so much a loan, but a tax increment financing structure. It's, a, it's an odd version of a loan where mm-hmm. we provide the funds and then we provide the funds again to pay ourselves back. You know, those tax revenues from the project don't exist right now. Um, the project will create them. Armstrong said he would be willing to work with the city to move forward on the agreement, but needed to know if there was council support for the rezoning. Interim city manager Rogers said he would set up a conversation with Armstrong, but suggested council go ahead and hold first reading on the matter. They did so, and the matter will come back to the council for a second reading at their next meeting on April 4th. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement goes out to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a Civilian Conservation Corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could open year round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org donate. Now, moving on to Council's meeting from Wednesday. Charlottesville City Council did hold a community forum on Wednesday night for the recommended budget for fiscal year 23. They had held a public hearing on Monday, but their own conversation at that time was somewhat limited. Staff asked councillors to offer their perspective. Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers has recommended a two-cent increase on the property tax rate, with the approximately $1.8 million in revenue going to a fund dedicated to paying for renovation of Buford Middle School. Staff has also presented Council with three other scenarios for higher tax rates for how to cover the costs of the $75 million that the school board wants for the project. Here's City Councilor Michael Payne. What we're looking at right now, it seems to me our decision points are um, raising taxes by eight to 10 cents, real estate taxes, um, going quickly in with $75 million for um, the reconfiguration plan. And I think if we do that, we just have to acknowledge that the trade-off will be all those things not in our budget are not going to get funded unless we have um, an extremely large unexpected surplus or um, we raise taxes above even 10 cents. Some of the things not in the budget include a contribution to Piedmont Housing Alliance for their project to build 50 units on the grounds of the Park Street Christian Church. 
Another is funding for the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center to cover their rent. Another is an additional $3 million for Charlottesville Area Transit to increase the system to 30-minute headways. City Councilor Brian Pinkston said he was not sure he could support a steep increase in the real estate tax rate because he thought it may push more people to leave the city. We get these phone calls from folks whose whose housing has appreciated by 10, 11, 12, 15 percent, their housing assessments, and uh, it is it is hard to put on top of that, you know, uh, a, a real estate tax on top of that. However, Pinkston said he could support a two-cent increase in fiscal year 23, while an attempt is made to reduce the cost of the Buford renovation. Pinkston said all increases in the real estate tax should go to debt service for school reconfiguration. Chrissy Hamill, senior budget analyst for the city of Charlottesville, offered this clarification. There's $2.5 million in the CIP in 23 that it's my understanding would complete the design and would require no taxing. Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade served 16 years on the school board, where reconfiguration has been sought for many years. The school board voted in October of 2010 on a plan to build a single middle school to serve 6th through 8th grades, with 5th graders returning to elementary schools. The project has not yet advanced as a capital project. And each time it, you know, we have been putting it off. And so I definitely will be in the camp of that we need to, you know, start on this now because one of the big issues is the inflation costs. And so I think that we were, you know, looking at some of the options and alternatives that we looked at on Monday, we're within a rock's throw of, um, you know, working this out. And I think that we will as a community and as a council Wade said council will have to make some tough decisions. Many of the emails that we received saying, you know, they want us to to do it all, but, you know, we can't. We can't. We're going to have to make some difficult decisions, and that's why they place us here. Councilor Cena McGill said design of Buford would still continue during the next year and that the draft budget doesn't show floating the bonds for Buford until fiscal year 24 but she understood why some might be skeptical of the fate of dedicated funds in the capital improvement program. As we found with West Main, even if it's in the CIP, doesn't mean it's going to stay. Um, so, I mean, West Main had been allocated out and we, as a new council, took it out. In all, previous councils had accumulated $18 million in capital funds for West Main Streetscape that only existed on paper. The bonds are authorized, but not yet issued, and the last council agreed to transfer those to the Buford project. McGill said she would support a higher tax rate than two cents, as presented to council on Monday. Councilor Brian Pinkston said he wanted to consider a drop in the personal property tax rate to reduce the burden to those who will be hit with higher-than-expected bills. You know, my original inclination with that was, you know, this is a, a windfall for us and we should be grateful for that. But Mr. Divers, I think, has made some good points about it really will be an affordability issue for many people. Divers has suggested that continuing to charge $4.20 per $100 of assessed value would yield an additional $2 million for the city and that a rate of $3.22 per $100 of assessed value 
would be an equalized rate that would bring in the current year's revenue from that source. Pinkston suggested somewhere in the $3.75 range. That would yield approximately a million dollars. Councillor Snook said that $1 million, coupled with $1.2 million that would come from a half percentage increase in the meals tax, would yield additional revenue that could be used to pay for other initiatives. I think at some point we need to agree on what purposes we'd like to try to fund, and then we can try to fit the expenditure, fit the taxes to meet those expenditures. Wade said that he wanted the city to do what it can to keep the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center in place. Whether it's a combination of working with them and their board for um, fundraising um, and the city assisting, because I know that when I was on the school board, the programs um, that they provided was invaluable. And what they do, no one else can do. They The way they bring the community to, together to really kind of um, have those really courageous conversations, they're, they're there to, to do that. Councillors appeared to be willing to support a request to fully fund the Public Housing Association of Residents' requests of $41,000. The draft budget only recommended $21,035. Rogers said the conversation at the Community Budget Forum was useful. Uh, and we will work with uh, the budget staff and, and uh, uh, the department heads in, uh, in the city to uh, address what you have identified as uh, uh, priorities of sincere uh, interest. However, Rogers reminded the council to be mindful of what the city could afford. He suggested they review the three scenarios presented by Hamill on Monday. And there are some hard choices, whether to raise taxes or not. And if so, how much? Do it all at once or on a phased, uh, phased approach. The next step in the budget process is a work session on the Capital Improvement Program on March 31st, beginning at 6 p.m. And that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for March 25th. This has been a very busy week for City Council, and I thought it was really important to put all of these things together because the pattern you'll see here is that if we're going to have a bigger city, it's going to need to be a place where that bigger city things can be paid for. These are tough conversations, and I certainly don't have the answers, and I'm not here to give you the answers. I'm here to give you context here in every single episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement, as well as just some general sense of how to get involved yourself, should you choose to do so. I am Sean Tubbs, and I've been hosting this program now for 20 months, and of course, hundreds of people are subscribing through Substack, which is fantastic. If you join them, the company Ting will match your very first contribution, which is fantastic, another source of revenue that helps me continue to do this again and again and again. The next installment of this program, when's it going to come out? Is it going to come out Saturday? Is it going to come out Monday? I don't know yet. I do know, though, that the Week Ahead newsletter will be out on Sunday, and I look forward to putting that together. And I look forward to next week, and the one after that, and the one after that. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program of Town Crier Productions. There's a lot more coming online in the months and weeks ahead. If you could support this project, more will come out, and I really do appreciate that. 
I am Sean Tubbs, and I'm going to hit the stop button and get to producing this so that I can say goodbye and stay wherever you are. <laughs>